Welcome back to Takes by Fans. We got a great show for you today. As always, we are live every single day at noon Eastern. If you want to watch live, head over to takesbyfans.com slash watch. If you want to watch but not live, head over to our YouTube channel, Takes by Fans. We post all of our shows and clips of the show there on a daily basis. And if you just want to listen, we are on podcasting apps, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio. So, However you want to watch or listen, we've got you covered multiple ways. Alrighty, today's a big old Tuesday, folks. Week 16 in the NFL wrapped up last night with, man, oh man, what a game. Dolphins at the Saints, Monday Night Football, and Ian Brook, welcome to the league. Yeah, man, oh man, they were just baptizing that man over and over and over and over again um, all throughout the game. And uh, Ian Brooke, I mean, man, oh, man, this, this is the sport. You're facing grown men, and sometimes, you know, your grown men and your team aren't as good as the grown men on the other side of the ball. And that's kind of what we saw <laughs> in the game last night. So, Dolphins get the win. They're in the playoffs, folks, at the seventh seed. How crazy. What a journey. But, you know, we always believed in Tua. We knew Tua could always get it done. We knew this defense could always get it done. And now here they are in the playoffs, and everybody's talking about them. You got to love it. So today on the show, we're going to be breaking down the game from last night, obviously. We're going to be doing our NBA Daily 10 as well. And then also today, we are going to kind of walk through the last two weeks, the next two weeks in the NFL. Uh, predicting the winners, talking the matchups through, and seeing what we think the final playoff picture is going to look like. Are the Dolphins going to be able to keep that 7C? They've got a tough two weeks coming up. Doable two weeks, but still a tough two weeks. Where do we uh, kind of rank them? What can they do? Can they win the Titans game? Can they win the Patriots game? And then we'll see. Can uh, the Chargers get back in the playoffs? Can the uh, Patriots get the number one, uh, the AFC E's? Can they overthrow the Bills for that? So we'll walk through the final two weeks, select the winner of every game, and see what happens to the playoff picture. So we've got all that today on the show. So let's put 10 minutes on the clock. Get ready for this NBA Daily 10. And we'll see if we can make a little bit of money in the NBA tonight. We made money in the NFL last night. Dolphins minus three. And once again, folks, folks, if there's one thing that we do know 100% for certain on the show, it's disrespectful value, folks. We know how to sniff it out. We know what it looks like. And it's glaring. And it's really jarring when we see it. Because uh, it's really just an instant reaction of looking at the line and be like, okay, what the hell is Vegas doing? This is disrespect. And that was disrespectful value as heck last night. You know, think whatever you want onto a trash, garbage, very, very good, greatest of all time. That's what I think. But, you know, uh, you know, whatever you think about Tua, if you looked at that line last night and thought Ian Bro could get it done plus three points folks I mean take Tua out of the equation it's Ian Brooke a four-string quarterback and not just a four-string quarterback on you know uh, on like a uh, on a uh, all-star team on the Pro Bowl team where it's like Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady and uh, who else is in the NFC that's good uh, Matthew Stafford and Kyler Murray it's not like you're the four-string on that team you're the four-string quarterback on a team with Taysom Hill and Jameis Winston and Trevor Simeon it's like even kind of the number two quarterback you're really not believing that 
that much in because of that kind of depth at the quarterback position. It's overall not the greatest. So y'all took Ian Brook first time playing in the NFL plus three points, four string quarterbacks against this Dolphins defense, folks. I don't know what to tell you. We told you it was disrespectful value, and at the end of the day, what did they win by? 17, 20 to 3, final score, 23, 17 points. We told y'all it should have been Dolphins minus 10, and we still would have won by seven points, folks. But we digress. All right, we got 10 minutes on the clock here, folks. We'll talk about it more when we get to the game, and we'll brag about it when we get to the game, and we'll rub it in the game like we do, folks. Don't don't worry. Don't worry. Uh, it's coming. Uh, but here we go. 10 minutes on the clock. Next 10 minutes. Uninterrupted basketball talk of what just happened yesterday in the NBA. Uh, 10 minutes on the clock in the 10 minutes start right now. Alrighty, righty okay. A, a nice chunk of games on in the NBA last night. So let's start with the first one up. Rockets at the Hornets. And the Hornets get it done. 123-99. to So that mini run that the Rockets went on like two weeks ago. Where they rattled off what I think it was like seven straight games. It was pretty impressive, but you know we knew it wasn't going to last that long. And now we know that the Rockets are a little bit, you know, fraudulent in that department. They are not that seven-win streak uh, team anymore. Losing last night by about you know 30 points. So. This Rockets team is still the 15th seed in the Western Conference, the worst seed in the Western Conference, and they're still four games out from that 10th seed. They're 2-8 and eight in their last 10, four-game losing streak. Once again, this is not a real solid, consistent team. So now that we know that, we can move forward, and, you know, that definitely makes betting easier. And um, I don't think Vegas is going to be on kind of um, – uh, like a Rockets hangover or where we can get great value betting against them because Vegas still kind of shows them as a great team. I doubt, you know, I think that window is passed, but, you know, it does, you know, make it easier for us that we don't really – we, well, we don't really believe in this Rockets team at all. So, Hornets get the win, 123-99. to For the Hornets last night, LaMelo Ball, 16 points, 7 assists, fantastic. Mason Plumley 15 points, 9 rebounds, 3 blocks, 2 steals. And I got to shout out Mason Plumley In the beginning of the season, we kind of were saying that this is kind of like the worst part of the team. And it's no disrespect to Mason Plumley He's just not like a Tier 1 or Tier 2 big. But we got to shout this man out. Shot 100% last night, a plus 14 on the floor. And... And he's truly just being as solid as heck here for this Hornets team. And I think I'm going to rise him up into kind of tier two big category and kind of the top of the tier two. So shout out to Mason Plumley, folks. We get Terry Rozier, led the team in scoring 27 big old points. And then Gordon Hayward at the three, 10 points, three steals, four assists, three rebounds. Jalen McDaniels adding uh, 16 points in the starting lineup as well. And then we had Kelly Oubre Jr., who once again, we love coming off the bench. 18 points, three rebounds, shot 50%. One of seven from three, not great, but 50% from the field. We'll take that, especially when it's coming with 18 points. Very well done, Kelly Oubre Jr. This Hornets team, where do we got them in the playoff picture? Uh, we got the Hornets at the eighth seed. So they're in kind of that playing tournament limbo stage at the current moment. And they're only about really a half a game back from the 76ers for that sixth seed uh, where they are guaranteed a playoff spot. So watch out for this Hornets team, you know, in the middle of the season, down the stretch here. Uh, you know, there's nothing that great here in the Eastern Conference kind of depth wise. So the Hornets should be able to get into the playoffs and see LaMelo in the playoffs. We'll see what he can do. 
All right, and then for the Rockets last night, Daniel Tice played 21 minutes, and that's the reason why they lose, like we know. Uh, but he wasn't starting, so I guess that's the silver lining we're looking for. But Christian Wood at the 5, 16 points, 9 rebounds. You know, that was basically the best production of the night. We had uh, Trevlin Queen, who actually led the team in scoring with 17 points and 6 rebounds coming off the bench. But there's just really nothing great. I mean, their guards are Monty Brooks, 11 points, 4 assists. Eric Gordon, 16 points, 3 assists. It's like, yeah, you know, those are guards, but they're not, you know, tier one or even kind of tier two guards. You know, Eric Gordon, uh, I don't know. Is he is he going to get you? Is he going to get it done, you know, in the playoffs as the starting two? I don't think so. So Rockets back to losing. Nothing great here. Hornets get the win 123 to 99. All right, next game up here is the Bulls at the Hawks, and the Bulls get the win 130-118 to 118 over the Hawks. Great scoring output by both teams, but the Bulls just get it done here. DeMar DeRozan, another 35-point game. 35 points, 10 assists, 5 rebounds. I mean, if we're talking about MVP, folks, I'm giving it to DeMar DeRozan right now, folks. And I know this Bulls team is decently deep. They've got that kind of core four that we talk about all the time here. But, I mean, man, oh, man, he's so consistent. And, you know, this Bulls team, you know, Zach Levine missed some time, uh, LaMelo Ball is, um, you know, missing some time right here, or not LaMelo, Alonzo uh, Ball is missing some time right here, Vucevic missed some time as well, but DeMar DeRozan, folks, just so solid out here, consistent night in, night out, always kind of available for this Bulls team, so I give that man MVP, um, you know, MVP consideration, definitely. Uh, we get Zach Levine, 30 points, 9 assists, 4 rebounds. Vucevic, 24 points, 17 rebounds. So the big three for this Bulls team was absolutely on point. Once again, no Lonzo Ball, so Kobe White fills in for him. 13 points, no assists. Eh. Um, and that was really it. That all got it done. The main three, folks, 35 points, 24 points, 30 points. I mean, what more do y'all need? Fantastic by this Bulls team. And then for the Hawks last night, Trey Young tried his damnedest, 29 points, 9 assists, a pretty solid night. Didn't shoot efficient, 1 of 6 from 3, 34% on 23 shots, but overall the scoring production pretty solid. Bogdan Bogdanovich, 20 points on 46% shooting. Clint Capella down low, 8 points, but he had 16 big old boards. And then Cam Reddish with a nice, led the team in scoring, 33 big old points. We will take that. And then Georgie Dang, 12 points off the bench here. I mean, the offense for the Hawks, they put up 118 points, that's really Real solid offensive production. You know, you kind of, you know, assume you're winning if you're going to put up 118 points in a game. Unfortunately, you know, DeMar DeRozan, Zach Levine, mm, they got it done a little bit better. So, Bulls get the win 130 to 118. All right, then we get the Celtics at the Timberwolves here, and the Timberwolves get the win, 108-103, close game, but the Celtics couldn't pull it out down the stretch here. Um, and the Timberwolves, they didn't have any of their big three, folks. No Carl Anthony Towns, no Anthony Edwards, and no... D'Angelo Russell, folks, and they still win the game? I mean, what are we doing here, Celtics? I, I don't know what to make of the Celtics team, folks. They're not good. Um, yes, there was no... Um, uh, man, oh, man, I'm blanking on the man's name. Um, 
not Jalen Brown, the other one, um, Jason Tatum. Uh, no Jason Tatum last night, but, I mean, the Timberwolves, they didn't have any of their big players. So, well done to the Timberwolves for getting it done here. We had Malik Beasley, 15 points, 8 rebounds. Nathan Knight at the 5, replacing Carl Anthony Towns, 20 points, 11 rebounds. That's fantastic. Jaden McDaniel, 17 big old points here. And then off the bench, Jalen Noel, folks, 29 big old points on 6 of 9 from 3 and 55% from the field. I mean, what a performance by him. And then, unfortunately, for the Celtics, losing against this kind of, you know, B squad for the Timberwolves. Jalen Brown at the 3, filling in for Jason Tatum, 26 points, 10 rebounds, 4 assists. He had a great game. Unfortunately, it is a loss here, which we usually see a lot with Jason Jalen Brown in the starting lineup. They lose a little bit more than they win here. Um, Robert Williams still playing the five, eight points, 11 rebounds. We had Romeo Langford and Peyton Pritchard as their guards. Now, Peyton Pritchard had a very solid game last night, and this is exactly what we've been wanting to see, getting their kind of younger players activated a little bit more and a little bit more active in the overall offense. So Peyton Pritchard gets bumped up to the starting one, 24 points, six assists, eight rebounds, and a plus one on the floor in a five point loss that's real solid for 44 minutes of Peyton Pritchard who's just coming into his own here in the NBA so shout out to Peyton Pritchard folks and then Grant Williams with 15 points off the bench unfortunately Celtics come up five points short here they lose to the Timberwolves and the Celtics team is just a mad team overall not dangerous we don't bet them and uh, we usually do bet against them folks uh, Celtics Ninth seed in the Eastern Conference, three and seven in their last ten. Nothing great on this team, unfortunate. All right, next game up, Jazz at the Spurs, and the Jazz get it done. They win 110-104. A little bit of a close game here by the Jazz, uh, which isn't the greatest sign by this team, but you know, you win some close games, you know, every game is going to be a little competitive because these are, you know, athletes and all that. Any given Sunday in the football term, any given day, I guess, in the NBA since they play every day. Uh, but yeah, the depth here uh, for the Jazz going toe-to-toe -to -toe with the Spurs, a little interesting. Uh, but here we go for the Jazz. Mike Connolly, 12 points, 4 steals, 2 assists, and 6 rebounds. Pretty solid night. No Donovan Mitchell last night, which probably tells us why the game was a little bit closer than what it was. So Joe Ingles fills in for him at the 2. 17 points, 3 assists, 3 rebounds, 4 of 7 from three pretty solid Rudy Gobert 16 points 13 rebounds and then Bohan Bogdanovich 19 points yes sir that's what we love to see Bogdanovich is playing on the same night and both putting up great performance performances uh Bogdan Bogdanovich 20 points Bohan Bogdanovich 19 points that's what we love and then off the bench, Jordan Clarkson led the team in scoring. No surprise there, especially with Donovan Mitchell out. Took the most shots, 21 points. No, not surprising again. And he scored 23 points, 5 assists, and 8 rebounds. Real solid night. A plus 13 on the floor for Jordan Clarkson. And that was the best plus minus of the night. And then Hassan Whiteside, we love to see it. 13 points, 8 rebounds in only 19 minutes. Absolutely fantastic. And then for the Spurs, they kept it close, folks. Solid production really throughout kind of uh, the starting lineup in the big bench players. Derek White, 21 points, 8 assists, fantastic. Uh, we had uh, Kieta Bates-Diop, you know, Two points on four shots. That was really the only player that didn't get it done in the starting lineup. Jacob Podol, 10 points, 13 rebounds. Doug McDermott, 17 points, four rebounds. That's our 10 minutes, but we've still got to keep going here, so let's keep it up. And then Keldon Johnson, 13 points, seven rebounds. And then the bench, Lonnie Walker, 11 points, three assists, four rebounds. And Devin Vassell, 13 points, six rebounds, enough uh, to make it competitive. Unfortunately, no closer here, no big superstar on the Spurs team to win them the game. But the Jazz get the win, 110 to 104.
Alrighty, and then the next game up here is the Grizzlies at the Suns in the Grizzlies. John Moran, what is this, his second, third game back? And he's already hitting, not buzzer beaters, but game winners here. Here we go, five seconds left. Grizzlies down one. John Moran says, well, let me do it. He drives to the bucket, lays it in. 0.5 seconds left on the clock, and that is game over. One point win for the Grizzlies, 114-113 against the Suns on the road. Man, oh man, this Grizzlies team is starting to look dangerous here, folks. And that's absolutely fantastic. No Valanchunas, uh, you know, they replaced Valanchunas for Steven Adams, and they're still getting the same production, still winning like they did last season, and still a threat to really take it all this year, folks. Winning without John Morant, now winning with John Morant back in the lineup, now beating one of the best teams in the end in the NBA, the Suns on their home court. Watch out for the Grizzlies, folks. 7-3 and three in their last time. The fourth seed in the Western Conference. They are seven games back from that number one seed because the Warriors are so gosh dang good and the Suns are so gosh dang good. Uh, so it's going to be hard for that Grizzlies team to cr crack that top three. And remember, you know, we kind of said this uh, a couple of days ago, the top three of the Western Conference is so gosh dang good of Warriors, Suns, and Jazz. And then it's really just everybody else below them. But the Grizzlies may be kind of chipping away of trying to get into that kind of top three and evolving that great top three in the Western Conference to a great top four in the Western Conference. So shout out to the Grizzlies for the win last night. Shout out to John Morant for that uh, game winner. So since we're talking about Grizzlies and John Morant, let's start with them. John Morant led the team in scoring 33 points, two steals, four assists, four rebounds, a plus 15 on the floor, the best plus minus of the Grizzlies last night. Desmond Bain, another great performance as well, 32.6 rebounds. He shot 6 of 11 from 3. And then Steven Adams down low, 13.16 rebounds, a plus 14 on the floor. Going against, um, who do we got here? Uh, uh, no... DeAndre Ayton because he was out with COVID so they have JaVale McGee but uh, Steven Adams taking it to veteran JaVale McGee you gotta love it um, and then Jaron Jackson Jr. 11 points as well so uh, a lot of the starters were hitting last night for the Grizzlies and then for the Suns just unfortunately not having that you know A1 tier 1 DeAndre Ayton big man down low De uh, John Morant can just drive with kind of the tier 2 bigs for the Suns and he ends up getting it to fall uh, so Chris Paul 13 points but 13 assists as well. Devin Booker, 30 points, two blocks, two steals, four assists, two rebounds. Great. Cameron Johnson in the starting lineup at the four, 19.7 rebounds. And then McCall Bridges, 10 big old points here. Off the bench, great bench production. Cameron Payne, 15 points. Jalen Smith, 15 points, nine rebounds. So well done to the bench of the Suns. Missing Jay Crowder, missing DeAndre Ayton. Cameron Johnson steps up, and they still get two great scores off the bench in Jalen Smith and Cameron Payne. So, Suns, man, they're still a great team. Just unfortunately, John Morant went grizzly mode and got the win. All right, last two games quickly here. Perzingis and the Mavericks get the win over the Blazers. Mavericks win 132-117. Porzingis, 34 points, 5 assists, 9 rebounds. And Dwight Powell, 22 points, 3 rebounds. So the bigs of the Mavericks truly got it done last night over the Blazers. Larry Nance Jr. couldn't, couldn't really handle his own too much down low in the paint. 12 points, 5 rebounds for Larry Nance Jr. Damian Lillard, 26 points, 5 assists. And then Nasir Little, 20 points. 
and 10 rebounds. But overall, the Blazers, man, they are overstaying their welcome. And we really do wish they would trade Damian Lillard at the trade deadline. Chauncey Billups not really working out too well as a head coach here for the Blazers in his first year head coaching. And uh, the Blazers, man, they just got to blow it up. We'll see if they do it now, if they don't do it, or if they do it next offseason. All right, and then the last game of the night, the Nuts at the Clippers, and the Clippers still without Paul George, so we don't expect them to win. So the Nets do get the win, 124-108. James Harden, 39 points, 15 assists, 8 rebounds. Patty Mills, 18 points on 42% shooting. No Kevin Durant last night, but James Harden and Patty Mills truly took care of business, as well as Nicholas Claxton, who's really starting to get a little bit better out here and still getting kind of the starting lineup. We love it. Uh, Nicholas Claxton at the 5, 18 points five rebounds just has to be a little bit more beefier he's a little kind of you know a little smaller out there a little kind of skinnier out there uh, not a true beefy big but he's athletic and he can still get it done a plus two on the floor still growing and learning but is getting there and then we had Blake Griffin 12 points off the bench nine rebounds I like Blake Griffin coming off the bench hate him in the starting lineup so I've got no problem with that production Nets get the win and then for the Clippers Terrence Mann filling in at the three for Paul George and did not put up Paul George numbers six points two rebounds on 28% shooting. That's not going to get it done. Marcus Morris led the team in scoring with 24 points, 6 assists, 5 rebounds, but then everything else was just lackluster. Eric Bledsoe at the 1, 15 points, 6 assists. Luke Kennard at the 2, 10 points, no assists, 3 rebounds, just nothing great. So, as long as there's no Paul George for the Clippers, there's no buyability, bettability for us on the Clippers. So, the Nets get the win, 124-108 over the Clippers. Alrighty, let's see if we can make a little bit of money in the NBA tonight here. Lots of games on, so let's see if we can quickly find some great value in the NBA and see if we can win a little bit of money tonight. So here we go. Bucks at the Magic. Bucks minus 14. Magic plus 14, Bucks on the road. We're not going to swallow all those points with them. They kind of let us down on Christmas Day. And, uh, you know, this Magic team, yeah, maybe they backdoor cover. No great value. We'll stay away from it. All right, then we get the Wizards at the Heat. Wizards plus 6.5, Heat minus 6.5. Now, Jimmy Butler is back for the Heat, which is great, and he got it done last game. Uh, for the Wizards, we get KCP out. Bradley Beal is a game-time decision. Raul Neto is out. Aaron Holiday is out. Rui Hachimura is a game-time decision. And Thomas Bryant is out. So a little bit of a COVID outbreak there with the Wizards. Now, for the Heat, uh, Kyle Lowry is out. Markeith Morris is out. Bam Adebayo is still out. So still, some of their starters are still out here. Yes, they get Jimmy Butler back, and the Heat can still win this game, but I'm not swallowing six and a half with a little bit of a shorthanded starting Heat team. All right, then we get the 76ers at the Raptors. Uh, 76ers minus 6.5, Raptors plus 6.5 here. Uh, this 76ers team just finally kind of got a nice blowout win a couple of nights ago, which, you know, gives us some nice clearance to potentially bet them. Uh, the ins and outs here for the 76ers, Danny Green is out, Andre Drummond is out, and Shake Milton is out, so come some of the kind of uh, B squads. And then for the Raptors, Goran Dragic out, Fred Van Vliet out, Pascal Siakam, game time decision. OG Ananubi is still out. Gary Trent Jr. is a game time decision. Precious is out. Scotty Barnes is out. So lots of players out here for this Raptors team. 
the 76ers should have their entire starting lineup good to go. Maybe their bench takes a little bit of a hit, but the entire Raptors starting lineup is basically out. So I'm going to take the 76ers minus six and a half. Dominant Joel Embiid and dominant 76ers like we saw in the first kind of two, three weeks of the season kind of showed out in their last meeting. We're going to swallow the, the six and a half here. 76ers uh, minus six and a half liking the value here. All right, then we get the Cavs at the Pelicans, and oh, man, this Cavs team has been on an absolute tear lately. Cavs minus five, Pelicans plus five, and Cavs minus five, folks, sounding pretty good to us. Let's make sure everybody's good to go. For the Cavs, C.D. Osmond's out, and Jared Allen is out. Man, oh, man, and Evan Mobley is still out. So those three big pieces here. C.D. Osmond's really good off the bench, and you all know we love our big man, Jared Allen, down low for the Cavs. Uh, so we'll stay away from this one. Uh, for the Pelicans, Valanchunas is a game-time decision, and Brandon Ingram is a game-time decision, and we know those are kind of their two core players, both questionable. We'll stay away from taking this game in total. Then we get the Lakers at the Rockets. Not betting the Lakers since Anthony Davis is still out and Rockets are on the back-to-back. -back. We'll truly stay away from that one. Then we get the Knicks at the Timberwolves. Knicks minus 3.5. Timberwolves plus 3.5. A little interesting here. Let's see if everybody's good to go for the Timberwolves. We just saw you know, everybody was out last night, so we're not going to count it as a true back-to-back -back for the Timberwolves if the big three are good to go. So here we go. Patrick Beverly is a game-time decision. D'Angelo Russell is out. Carl Anthony Towns is out. And Anthony Edwards is out. So we are truly staying away from the Timberwolves, uh, but maybe we can get something good here with the Knicks. Let's see if they're all good to go. Derrick Rose is just out, and that's really it. Daniel House is out. Nerlens Noel is out, but they're really not in the starting lineup there, so Kemba Walker has been kind of going crazy. Can he keep it up? We only have to swallow three and a half here. Timberwolves on the back-to-back. -back. Knicks fresh tonight. I love it. Only have to swallow three and a half. We'll take it. Knicks minus three and a half. Loving that value. All right, now we're cooking final two games and we already got two games let's see if we can pile it on and beef up this parlay shall we here we go not push it but let's see if we can beef it up a little bit uh here we go thunder at the kings thunder plus five kings minus five all right uh nothing really great here by the thunder six and four in the last ten well actually i i retract that uh we have been buying this thunder team the last like one or two games and look at this y'all are betting this Knicks game up now it's minus four just went up a half a point dang 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 y'all are loving it and hey if i'm telling y'all and y'all are betting it. I can't get mad at y'all. I love y'all for betting it as we're talking about it. Uh, so here we go. Back to the Thunder. We are buying them a little bit. Lugan stored at the four. We're loving it. Shea Gales Alexander being absolute clutch as heck. Gotta love that, obviously. Uh, so the ins and out here for these games, for these players, for these teams. Darius Baisley out. Uh, and Alex Pukosovetsky is still out for the Thunder. So everybody's basically good to go that we've seen for the Thunder over the last couple of games when they've been getting it done, 6-4 six and ten, six and four in the last 10. And then for the Kings, Davian Mitchell is just still out, so they'll have kind of their full complement of everybody. We'll stay away from this. I do like the Thunder plus 5. I do kind of like that. Do we risk it for the biscuit tonight? Do we extend our two-teamer that we're feeling very good about to a three-teamer that we feel maybe a little less than great about? Uh, Thunder plus five. I'll leave that up to y'all. We aren't officially going to take it. Oh, and look at this. Something just happened because they just got taken off the board. Man, oh, man. What the heck just happened? Let's uh, go over to Twitter for the breaking news. Uh, DraftKings just actively took... 
that Thunder game off the board, which kind of tells us there's a big out happening or somebody that they expected out is coming back in. So they take it down so they can fix the line so they don't lose the value. Once again, folks, it's all about value in the betting world. And that's what everybody really needs to understand as, um, you know, these mobile betting apps start to come, you know, rampant now. Um, you've got to know the value and get the value while you can. If you see the value, lock it in when you can. We can't even bet it anymore because, you know, we kind of did like Thunder Plus 5. No, we don't even know what the hell is going on here. Uh, so NBA Fantasy Labs, do they have the inside information? Let's see. They haven't tweeted in an hour, so it's not that. So I don't know what the hell happened here in the Thunder game, but they took it off. Here we go. Here we go. This is it. Thank you, Woj. Woj is breaking it for us. Classic. Here we go. OKC Thunder rookie Josh Giddy has entered COVID protocols according to the league portal. So that's what it is. Josh Giddy out, and they got to take down the game so they can reflect the line. Maybe we'll see a couple of more outs here because it is COVID. Maybe it's spread to the Thunder, and that's why the game is taken off the board. Unfortunate there, which I guess is good for us because I was kind of – I did really want to take that Thunder plus five didn't want to take it because we've got two other great ones on the board already unfortunate uh but now we the decision is made for us so i guess that makes it a little bit easier all right and then the last game of the night nuggets at the warriors interesting game here there's no viability in this nuggets team folks remember aaron gordon is a game time decision for the nuggets and then for the warriors we got andre iguodala game time decision draymond green is out jordan Poole is still out and james wiseman is still out so can steph curry get it done himself again probably seven is a little bit too much for me with no kind of supporting cast for steph curry so we'll stay away from betting this one. Got two great ones on the board. We're not going to push it today. 76ers minus 6.5. Knicks minus 4. Loving both of those values. The parlay odds are at plus 272. Bet 100. Win 272. And your 100 back. Roll that 100 into tomorrow's action. Or maybe even roll it off, folks. I'll let y'all decide what y'all do with your money. But uh, loving the value here tonight. And we got a nice two-teamer working. Alrighty, that is all the NBA that we needed to cover for today. So now let's shift gears to the NFL and start breaking down that glorious Monday night football game from last night. So here we go. Dolphins at the Saints with the playoff positioning on the line. And the Dolphins claim that playoff spot and get the win 20-3. Now, I don't want to say I caused the Dolphins to win this game, but we did do a little bit of good luck for the Dolphins last night. We put the canvas back up on the wall for the show we had our Dolphins hoodie on we wore all our Dolphins hat during the game we turned our our lights teal during the game last night so I don't want to say I had a hand in having the Dolphins win but I didn't not have a hand in having the Dolphins not win the game can you follow that logic? I don't know if it makes sense, but it sounded pretty good. So, Dolphins get the win 20-3. They cover the three-point spread. Once again, folks, we knew that was disrespectful, value as hack. We told y'all it really should have been Dolphins minus 10, and they win by 17. So, we knew it was great value. We're not trusting a four-string quarterback against one of the best defenses in the league, folks. Remember, yes, this Dolphins team started 1-7, but this is a totally different Dolphins team. The defense finally is good 
and consistent and can play an entire full four quarters while being good. And this offense has found a way to move the ball. Not that Tua was the issue, but the overall personnel offensively around Tua and these offensive coordinators having no idea how to tailor it to Tua's game finally got it all figured out here over the seven game winning streak over the last seven weeks here for the Dolphins and now this is a real legit team folks and over the uh for these next last three weeks of the season going back last week you know we're trying to put all these teams in kind of these four categories Super Bowl contender playoff contender playoff pretender and then just overall trash and last night I'm feeling very confident to put this Dolphins team in actual legit playoff contender but then I was you know kind of thinking about the game last night and watching the game last night and I was like you know what defense does really win championships no what won last season it wasn't Patrick Mahomes great offensive work in the Super Bowl it was the complete opposite it was the edge rushers of the Bucks making it hard for Patrick Mahomes to be comfortable in the pocket forcing him to run all over the field and not giving that man any time to throw the defense wins championships and folks did you watch that Dolphins defense last night it was absolutely immaculate Ian Brooke his second throw of the game a pick six I mean we knew from there the game was over and we didn't even have to worry about the offense that was so that was what was so great about just enjoying this Dolphins game we knew the offense would eventually get it done because they always do uh, but once that kind of pick six happened, we knew the defense was just going to take care of business 100%. If it was just the Dolphins defense versus the Saints offense all day last night, the Dolphins win 7-3, to three, folks, because of the pick six. So, uh, you know, they, they couldn't even outscore the defense, folks. The Saints. So I am confidently, folks, putting the Dolphins in Super Bowl contender category because their defense is, I would say, the best defense in the league. Right now, this is the best defense in the league here, and I'm loving what Brian Flores is doing, folks. And we've never wavered on Brian Flores. We we just don't like defensive-minded coaches at the head coaching position, but we love Brian Flores, folks. Absolutely. The man gets it done. He loves the defense. The only one knock I have on Brian Flores is that it does kind of seem like the offense is an afterthought, and that was definitely highlighted in the beginning of the season. The defense was always solid. It's been ramped up now, and it's really this defense for the Dolphins is the really is really the defense from last season of the Dolphins, which was so good. Just took you know basically half the season to get back. Hopefully, we can clean that up, you know, and expedite it for next year. But it does seem like that Brian Flores, you know, with defensive-minded head coaches, the offense is the afterthought. And really, you do kind of want offensive-minded head coaches at the head coaching position because you need points to win games. And, you know, you need you want the weapons. You want to spend all the money on the offense. Right now, all the money for the Dolphins is in the defense. And once again, defensive-minded head coach, all the money's to the defense. Um, there are obviously exceptions to the rule. Bill Belichick, Tom Brady, they're the exception to the rule, folks. Please don't come at me. But Andy Reid, Sean Payton, I mean, uh, even John Harbaugh gets it done. I mean, these are coaches that obviously have made a name for themselves in the league, and they are kind of more offensive-minded head coaches, obviously. 
But Brian Flores, give the man credit, that defense, and I love it. Disguise, not e it's not even really disguising the blitz. It's just showing, hey, we're going to rush eight, but we're going to drop some people back, and you're not going to know which which people are dropping back in coverage. And honestly, I think that is the perfect way to run a defense. That's how I would run a defense if I was a defensive coordinator in the NFL. I don't care if I'm showing, you know, cover two. I want to show the blitz. I want to show everybody coming, and then as soon as the ball is snapped, we're dropping back in coverage with two or three or you know maybe even five and I'm only rushing three or maybe I'm rushing seven and only dropping one back but making that quarterback constantly second guess and for him to just not not even really be able to set the protection or really to, to, to know where to go with the ball pre-snap because it's always going to change of who's dropping back in coverage. So the the quarterbacks are instantly seeing, all right, well, I got a receiver to the left, a receiver to the right. I've got eight people, you know, coming at me. I don't know which one, who's dropping back in coverage. So the left wide receiver on the left side of the field who's running kind of a slant route, if the left linebacker is dropping back and I, you know, I see the pressure coming, so I think that's immediately going to be open. I can't just immediately throw that because the left linebacker might drop back into coverage. And the right receiver, uh, you know, he's on a streak routed. Uh, am I going to have time for that to develop because the blitz coming? Is the right linebacker going to kind of drop back in coverage and kind of cover the shadow, shallow comeback route? What's happening here? So, I love what this Dolphins defense is because of Brian Flores, and it obviously gets it done. Let's talk about these defensive stats for the Dolphins last night. Obviously, we have the two interceptions by Ian Book. There were a couple of fumbles by Alvin Kamara that got, kind of got overruled a little bit. We'll talk about Ellen Kamara in a second because I did not love what we saw from him body language wise. We'll talk about that when we talk about the Saints in a second. But let's finish up these defensive numbers here for the for the Dolphins because they were just absolutely fantastic. Jerome Baker, a sack and a half and two tackles for losses. Javon Holland, the safety, the rookie safety with the half a sack. Xavier Howard, the cornerback with the sack. Emmanuel Ogba, two sacks, a tackle for loss. Zach Sealer, one sack, one tackle for loss. Andrew Van Ginkle, a tackle for loss. The tip ball that resulted into the pick six on his second throw of his career. We had Brandon Jones, a sack, a tackle for loss. Christian Wilkins, a half a sack. And Raquan Davis, a half a sack as well. I mean, they were all over this man, Ian Book. And that's why, you know, we definitely had, you know, 20 welcome to the league moments last night. And I'm sure Ian Book is like, all right, Trevor Simeon, Taysom Hill, y'all can, can take the job back. I'm good. I'm good, y'all. Sean Payton, I'm good. Thank you for the opportunity, but I'm good. I'm good for the rest of the year. Uh, please, trade me because I, I don't even want to be a part of this organization anymore because I'm having PTSD flashbacks for my entire life. So a little unfortunate by Ian Book last night. Uh, but back to this. Because of the Dolphins defense, folks, we are putting this Dolphins team in Super Bowl contender category. The other teams in this category are Rams, Eagles, Colts, and the Chiefs, folks. I think the Dolphins belong up there. I think this Dolphins defense can lock up all of these other Super Bowl teams. Super Bowl contender teams, and I believe the offense can get it done. They play great game managing, um, just kind of football all together. They don't really let to uh, let it loose, and I think that is a not great thing to do. We'll watch some of the th these throws by Tua in a minute here after we're done kind of going over the stats here, but overall, Tua looks good, and as soon as he makes a mistake, and you know, this is kind of the one knock that we do have on Tua. He makes like one boneheaded mistake every game that 
does really most mostly result into a turnover, and that's exactly what we got last night as well. Tua goes deep when he had Jalen Waddle a little. A little, um, a, a little less not deep down the field, but he takes the deep shot and it turns into an interception. So that wasn't good. But then after that interception, folks, it's the next drive. It's a touchdown. And that's really what we see all the time by Tua. He throws a pick and then he's right back down making up for it with a touchdown on the next drive or maybe the second next drive uh, after the interception. But he always comes through in the clutch. And that's something that people don't talk about when they talk about Tua, folks. Winning matters so much in this league, folks. Winning cures everything. Winning fixes everything. And, uh, you know, these quarterbacks that don't win, y'all just gush over and gush over and gush over. When was the last thing that you've heard somebody say something bad about Trevor Lawrence? And that man has been absolutely awful this entire year. Now, yes, he's a rookie, but at some point, you've got to get it done. We talk about this all the time. Not getting it done on third down and then just the unclutchability of not getting it done right on the goal line when you have a chance to beat the Jets for your third win of the season. Not getting it done. Tua wins games, folks. You got to give him credit for that. And it just seemed like when I was watching the game last night, I usually try not to kind of uh, listen too much to the game. Um, I don't think, in my opinion, that uh, the announcers, especially on ESPN, because they've got some of the worst announcers. Um, and that's no disrespect to them. But uh, compared to like all the other announcers of Tony Romo on CBS, Joe Buck and Troy Aikman on Fox, um, it's just absolutely fantastic. Even Chris Collinsworth. I, I know he's not the most favorite out there, but I think, you know, he does bring... I don't know if it's just the sound, but he does, in my opinion, make it a little entertaining to listen to. But those guys on ESPN, I try not to listen to that broadcast. But I did listen to it last night, and it just seemed like they were so hesitant to kind of say anything good about Tua. He had a great completion percentage in the first half. It was like 13 to 15, and they were talking about, we just need him to be more consistent, more consistent. I'm like, the man is 13 to 15 so far, slinging it around. He's so consistent. He's, his completion percentage is the best in the league. What are you all talking about? And then when it came to Ian Book, I mean, we've never seen this man ever in the league. And they were like, oh, my God, he's so good. He's going to be so good. He's, he's an athlete. He was actively running out of the pocket getting chased down by a Dolphins linebacker for a five-yard loss and all the announcers were like man Ian Book is so athletic he just got a five-yard sack what are y'all talking about and then y'all are disrespecting Tua saying he's not consistent on the very next breath after Tua's outperforming Ian Book obviously by miles I just don't get and I don't think they're doing it on purpose folks I truly don't I don't think this is like an anti-Tua agenda I truly think it's just kind of unconsciously because everybody's just been on Tua so long that that's just kind of your natural instinct reaction that Tua's not good, folks. But y'all got to stop listening to the people that say that Tua's not good because he's fantastic, folks. He's really, really good with the football. Uh, Decision-making, usually for the most part's good. Like we said, those one boneheaded plays where he just tries to take a shot, and I think that stems from a little bit of the overall offensive play callers holding him back a little bit. I do think you can sling this ball a little bit more than what they're doing with Tua, but I think they're holding him back. So I think Tua, he's like, all right, I finally get an opportunity. I just want to sling this ball. And then, oh, unfortunately, you know, it's double covered down the field. Not the best read, but he tries to fit it in there, and it usually does result into an interception. But then he cleans it up and is great for the rest of the game. 
Um, so, Tua played very well last night. Absolutely loved it. Uh, Tua, 19 of 26. Let's get that completion percentage uh, good to go. Calculated. Uh, 19 of 26. We've got 73% completion percentage. Y'all know I love that. 198 yards. Not dinking and dunking. One touchdown. One pick. That pick, once again, inexcusable. Especially when you had Jalen Waddle in the underneath uh, you know, wide open that would have gotten you kind of 10, 15 yards and the first down and all that. Uh, so the one interception, not good, but then it does result into a touchdown on the very next drive. And once again, the Saints can't do anything with, the, you know, great field position starting at their own 36-yard line. Of course they can't do anything. It's Ian Book, folks. So two, a pretty solid night overall. And then in the rushing attack, you know, using, you know, just getting Duke Johnson and he, you know, got it done last week and Philip Lindsay finally back and they had a pretty solid running back by committee. They were using the wildcat a little bit, which, you know, I didn't hate, I didn't hate it. I thought it was okay. Uh, which I, what I do hate, I'll tell you what I do hate is bringing Jacoby Brissett on the field on third and one and fourth and one, and then not QB sneaking with them. Folks, folks, folks. This Dolphins team, they they run, they do it all the time, folks. It's literally every time it's like third and one, and they want to use like a quarterback sneak. They take out Tua because he's a little he's a little too small to run the QB sneak. Jacob Weaver said a little bit bigger and beefier, so they bring him in, expecting the defense to just assume it's going to be a QB sneak, and then the Dolphins on third and one with Jacoby Brissett, they run a play action, roll Jacoby Brissett out to the right, everything rolling to the right, and then it always gets. Close and eaten up and they don't convert it because everybody's expecting that because you never actually run the QB sneak with Jacoby Brissett. So please stop bringing Jacoby Brissett out there on short distances like you're going to QB sneak it. Just QB sneak it with Tua, folks. Just do it. He can do it. Um, you know, Yes, he's not the beefiest, but he is kind of very feisty. The man will fight for it uh, a little bit too much. Like, I hate Tua running the ball. Tua's not a dual-threat quarterback at all in any sense of the word, folks. He's not fast at all. He's not elusive at all, folks. He cannot juke. He thinks he can juke. He does this kind of um, out, like um, out-in hesitation every time. I mean, that's the same move, and they all learn that because there's big hits on two almost every single week. But Tua will, you know, engage. He will kind of, you know, deliver the first hit and try to get all the yards. I hate that about his game, but what am I going to say? Don't be a warrior. I can't, I can't criticize Tua for that. I just don't really like it at all. I don't want that man running at all, literally at all. I don't want that man having even one rushing yard, which he actually had yesterday. One rush for one yard. Please don't rush at all. I don't care if it's for 100 yards on one rush. I don't want you running. All right, but in the rushing attack overall, Duke Johnson, 13 rushes, 39 yards. Philip Lindsay, 13 rushes, 36 yards. Wish we got something a little bit better from Philip Lindsay. Has some nice muscle runs, you know, and he is a very physical runner, uh, but nothing really broke. And then Miles Gaskin, only three rushes for 10 yards last night. All right, to uh, who was he trying to sling the ball to? We had Jay Lawada, leading receiver, 10. Catches for 92 yards and a touchdown. And that Jalen Waddle to a connection is absolutely immaculate. Obviously, they have history each other, history with each other in Alabama. That's definitely kind of expediting this process. And it's looking really great all throughout. Jalen Waddle so reliable and able to get open. And Tua, once again, that accuracy to put it on the money in stride and all that. It was fantastic last night.
Then we had Matt Collins, a great catch, one catch for 40 yards. Durham Smythe, three catches, 31 yards. Mike Kosicki, three catches, 22 yards. We do need Mike Kosicki for this Dolphins team to really win the Super Bowl. I still believe they are Super Bowl contenders, but we are going to need Mike Kosicki back to being great. He was fantastic last season. Really, really gosh dang great the first kind of four weeks of this season. But other than that, he's really been mediocre during the kind of win streak, which is kind of crazy to say. So he's got to be a little bit better out there. Uh, so overall, offensively, uh, Tua and company gets it done. And definitely the defense was absolutely the greatest thing about the Dolphins last night. All right. And then for the Saints, we get Ian Book. Y'all are ready to talk about this man? Man, oh, man. Mm -hmm. Unfortunate. By the, unfortunate. Is he good? Did anybody check on Ian Book today, folks? Is he good? Because uh, he potentially could have some kind of early onset CTE. Honestly, he was just getting absolutely smacked last night. Smacked, folks. If you didn't watch the game, um, just fast. I'm sure there's defensive highlights. And they're just absolutely wow. We talk about the Walk of Fame defense. Man, oh, man. This Dolphins defense was just crushing this man all night last night. Jeez Louise. Uh, but here we go. Ian Brook, 12 of 20, folks. Not good. 60%, 135 yards, no touchdowns, two picks. And like we said, that second throw of the game, a pick six. Man, oh, man. Definitely cannot do that. So Ian Buck wasn't looking comfortable, and you know, how could he? Just getting absolutely obliterated every time he drops back. No time to throw, no time to think, and not having any great wide receivers. I mean, um, you know, we do like Marquez Callaway, but that's really all they have. Yes, they have Alvin Kamara, but he's like a dual threat, you know, running back. He's not an actual receiver. So Ian Brook not having like tier one wide receivers to work with, and he's a rookie, four string, and this Dolphins defense coming into town with its exotic blitzes, and you don't know know who's coming and not that's tough for the rookie and we saw it be very tough for the rookie we see them only put up three points and there was a stat going around. Um, I don't think they converted any third downs last night. 0% on third down, folks. 0% on third down. We talk about Trevor Lawrence being trash on third down, but they usually get like 30% every single game. The Saints got zero. Zero third downs. Do you all know how crazy that is? No third downs, not moving the ball. Yes, they can pick up first downs, but they did not get any on third down. And they did have third downs, folks. There was a lot of third downs. There was about 10 to 12 of them, and they did not get any, any, absolutely not good at all. All right, so Ian Brooke, uh, disastrous night. And then Alvin Kamara, just that body language. You know, he's got the dark visor. He's wearing a mask and all that. Uh, a little bit of a gator, it seemed. And the man's body chemistry and body language and all that just really showed like it was giving up. Like he wasn't trying in this game because there was no point in trying because it's Ian Brooke and the offense was so lackluster. So Alvin Kamara really not taking it upon himself to be the one to get it done, which we really hate. And I know it's hard. It's so hard for the for a running back to decide, hey, I'm going to get it done this game. You know, we talk about it all the time with Zeke, you know, going back to last year with no Dak. Zeke never getting it done and being the man and you know that's why the Cowboys didn't make the playoffs and that really kind of changed our opinion of Zeke a little bit not a whole lot but still a little bit like you couldn't go beast mode one game you got paid and all that you're kind of the face of the franchise a little bit and now with the Saints with you know not having Jameis uh, Winston and Taysom Hill and Trevor Simeon anymore Alvin Kamara is the face of the franchise here and he just didn't step up and I know it's hard to step it up from the running back 
position, but only 13 rushes last night. They didn't really stick with it. It's hard to stick with it. You know, big third downs and all that. I get it, but we still, at the end of the day, somebody's got to step it up. There's no excuses for losses, folks. There's really not. Nobody tries to make excuses here. Somebody's got to step up. Somebody's got to get it done. That's what everybody preaches, folks. Coaches preach, you know, next man up mentality, obviously, but just getting it done. Can somebody get it done? I don't care what your stats are looking like. I don't care if you went out and threw four interceptions and you have 12% completion percentage. We're down one possession. We have a chance to win the game. Go get it done. Somebody step up and get it done. And Alvin Kamara was nowhere near doing that last night. And I'm a little disappointed and I'm a little disappointed. So Alvin Kamara, 13 rushes, 52 yards. Mark Ingram, four rushes, 17 yards. That was really it. Who was Ian Brooks slinging the ball to for his 135 yards? We had Lil Jordan Humphrey, three catches for 70 yards. Marquez Callaway, four catches, 46 yards. Ethan Wolf, two catches, eight yards. Alvin Kamara, two catches, seven yards. Kenny Stills, one catch for four yards. So nothing great. Obviously, like we know, they're missing. They don't got anybody. They don't got anybody at the receivers. So y'all still taking Ian Brook plus three points. It's so mind-boggling. I just don't get it. I, do, I don't get y'all sometimes, folks. I just don't get y'all and I don't get Vegas a lot of times because what the hell were they thinking uh, that must have been some insider trading going on with Vegas being like hey take the Dolphins plus three wink wink we're gonna set the line at Dolphins plus three and then they tell all their friends wink wink take it take it hammer it bet it which we did last night so fantastic and hopefully y'all did too so Dolphins get to win 20 to three I just wanted to quickly Watch some of these Jalen Waddle highlights just quickly here. We got every catch by Jalen Waddle in this highlight package. We'll go through them quickly, but just wanted to keep tabs on these Tua throws because once again, he was very, very accurate as heck with the ball. And that's the greatest thing about Tua is his accuracy. So here we go, gearing up right on the money real early on, second and six, getting some yards here, making it a third and manageable, which we get right here on third and two. Tua going back to Jalen Waddle, and then is Jalen Waddle's speed to beat that defense to the edge and he gets the late hit out of bounds uh, so an extra 15 yards on top of it a little bit of a screen pass here that goes nowhere now we get another third and seven. He's going to go and target Jalen Waddle again. And this was the pass. Tua in the offense overall, a little slow out of the gate. First drive didn't result in any points. And I believe this was on the first drive as well. But this throw right here, folks. Holy moly. The accuracy once again by Tua. Fits it in a tight window right there to Jalen Waddle for about 10, 12 yards down the field. And once again, it's just a great pinpoint accuracy. Look at that ball. Yes, sir. And then Jalen Waddle, just so great at going and getting the ball. You got to love how he plays it, folks. Jalen Waddle, a great receiver in this league, and he's only a rookie, folks. Bingo, bango right here, fighting for extra yards. Tua puts it right on the money on second and 11, making it third and one. And here we get it, third and one right here. Jalen Waddle, bingo, bango. That's way too easy. The speed out of the backfield. Tua just lofts it to him, and that's that first down pickup. Easy peasy. 
All right, here we go. Trying to do something right before halftime. Tua, boom, his favorite route. A little bit of an out route on the left sideline. He's left-handed. This is the best throw he makes, and he makes it time and time again. And I'm always so gosh dang impressed because it's so gosh dang good. It's right on the boundary. We're going to get a great look right here, folks. But it's just all the way out to the left. And Tua just absolutely puts it on the money right on the boundary. Like, you can't even get... You really can't even put this one more out in front or he's going to be out of bounds, folks. It's just so pinpoint, man. It's just so pinpoint. I can't gush enough over the pinpoint accuracy that we see by two on a daily basis, a uh, gamely basis. Nice little flea flicker here. Two was uh, Jalen Waddles wide open about 20 yards down the field. Uh, great speed. Great recognition here by Jalen Waddles selling it. Once again, everybody doing their job. This is a flea flicker play. It takes time to develop and Jalen Waddle just kind of jogging across the field selling it once again everybody does their job if every individual player does their job on every single play every single play should be a touchdown and this was it right here it wasn't a touchdown but it was very very well done uh, Jalen Waddle jogging over the middle of the field and then once that flea flicker hits that pass back to Tua hits he turns on the Jets gets wide open into space and just brings it all the way down the field and once again, Tua on the money, accurate in stride for Jalen Waddle for another five, seven yards right there. Fantastic. And then here we go, Jalen Waddle on the goal line, a nice little flip, misdirection. And this is what I think this Dolphins offense truly needs as they're getting into the uh, playoffs and all that. Uh, you know, obviously they need better receivers and they can't fix that right now in the middle of the season. They can do that, you know, obviously in the offseason. And, uh, um, well, this just refreshed on us. So I guess the, uh, the highlights are done here. We can move off of it. But, you know, the trick plays, the trickery, the wildcat, I think we're going to start to see a little bit more of this. Not that they don't trust Tua, uh, because they should trust Tua. And if they still don't, I don't know what the hell to tell those offensive coordinators. Uh, but I think just the kind of the work with the pieces that they have. Jalen Waddle's not a great kind of, you know, vertical receiver. He's not the tallest, but he's very shifty. I don't want to call him a gadget guy, but I I mean, slants, crossing routes, quick little kind of five yards, let him kind of, you know, take the top off the defense after the catch. That's obviously Jalen Waddle's game. Yes, you have Devontae Parker, but he's not very healthy and consistent. Yes, he's played these last two games, but is he going to get injured again? And they just don't have those other great wide receivers to really work the ball down the field um, consistently with. So expect maybe a little bit more Wildcat, a little bit more misdirection. And I think I'm all about it because Tua can then hit you over the top when you're playing the the kind of shallow crossing routes and, you know, the screens and all that. You're kind of pressing up a little bit more. Then Tua takes the top off the defense, which we will watch right here. We'll end it right here, The uh, talking about this game on this 140-yard ball to Mac Collins. Man, oh, man. You know, everyone says Tua doesn't have the biggest arm. and Yes, he doesn't have the biggest arm. This is not the biggest arm in the league, but it's big enough, folks. I, I, 55, he can throw 55, no problem. So here we go, Tua from his own five-yard line, slinging the ball down to the 50-yard line, folks. That's 45 yards clean right there, and it's absolutely 100% on the money. Tua looking at it all the way down the field, and man, oh man, look at that great accuracy just to dump it over the shoulder. This is what Tua does, folks. Stop falling in love with the dink and dunk narrative. It's a false narrative. Every narrative in the mainstream about Tua is just not true and 
overall just false, folks. We prove it wrong every single week. But just watch this, folks. Tua sees it. He's at his own 15-yard line, folks. We know this offensive line isn't the greatest, but he steps it up. He lets it go. He sees single high safety. He can fit this ball way down the field before the safety can come over, and he puts it right on the money. That's Tua, folks. And with the Wildcat, everybody pressing up, then you hit him with that. I think this is what I want to see out of the Dolphins offense for the rest of the season. I don't want to see it next year. I want to see them truly start to confidently start believing in Tua 10, 15, you know, yards down the field consistently during the game. Um, you know, let that man air it out. Let that man, uh, you know, find that receiver and put that pinpoint accuracy 10, 15, 20 yards down the field a little bit more consistently. I want that next year, not the receiving core to kind of do that with right now. And with these kind of offensive coordinators, still a little kind of, you know, on their tippy toes about calling plays and all that. So I definitely think this Dolphins team can be a Super Bowl contender, folks. We've said that. We put them in that category. Defense is amazing. Tua gets it done last night. Accurate as heck, consistent. And, uh, you know, after that one turnover, he goes almost unstoppable for the rest of the game. So Dolphins get the win 22-3. Alrighty, uh, so that was the game from uh, last night. Now what I want to do here for kind of the remainder of the show here, we'll see how long it takes, see if we can do it, uh, but just to go over the final two weeks in the NFL, predicting the winners, talking through the matchup slightly, we're not going to go too in-depth, um, but I want to see what we are going to kind of foresee the final playoff picture B. We know it's crowded as heck. It's really kind of like an eight-team race. Is that right? Is it like an eight-team race for those uh, three kind of wild card spots? Uh, you know, it's kind of deep here. So one loss truly is going to determine everything uh, for these playoff pictures. Uh, there's going to be tons of movement the next two weeks, folks, and you've got to close out here. Every team's truly going to have to close out if they want to secure a playoff uh, a playoff spot because everything is just so tight, folks. Six, seven, eight, nine, ten wins. Everybody's lumped in with that, and that's great for the sport. I'm all about it. Uh, you know, the more urgency, the more chaos. Obviously, in my opinion, the the better. I've got. That's what we want to see. We want to see the greatest going against the greatest, going against the greatest, going against the greatest. You know, 32 teams. We don't want to see you know five teams being very good and everybody else just being trash. And you know, the the end of the season's not exciting because it's like, okay, does does it matter? Because everybody's fighting over like the seventh seed, only one spot. You know, two teams maybe can get in. That's all. No, no, no. It's great right now, and uh, you know, hopefully it continues to be like this. So much parity. In the NFL at the current moment, I don't think there's anything better. So, here we go. Let's uh, quickly recap the playoff picture in both the AFC, and then we will start predicting games for this week. We'll talk about Week 18 as well and see what we think the final playoff spot is going to be, who makes it, who doesn't get in, and how the seeding and the matchups go. And then we will start breaking down the, the matchups uh, you know, on tomorrow's show as well and predicting a Super Bowl winner. Um, I think we can do that this week. We may do that this week. Um, and then you know, continuing to do that if anything changes next week and all that. So, I'll have a little fun over the next two weeks to see who's going to be the Super Bowl champion depending on matchups and all that. So here we go in the AFC. Number one seed belongs to the Kansas City Chiefs, folks. We get the Titans at the two seed, the Bengals at the third seed, the Bills at the fourth seed, Colts at the fifth seed, Patriots at the sixth seed, and the Dolphins now the seventh seed in the AFC. In the NFC, we've got the Packers at the one seed, Cowboys at the two seed, Rams at the three seed, Bucks at the four seed, Eagles at the seven seed, 
49ers at the sixth seed and Cardinals at the fifth seed. Went a little reverse on the fifth, sixth, and seventh seed. But those are everybody in the playoffs. If your team's in the playoffs right now, congratulations. But don't get too comfortable. I'm not comfortable right now. Yes, the Dolphins are in the playoffs right now, but we've got a little tough two weeks here. So let's start talking these matchups here and seeing which teams have maybe a little bit of an easier schedule, a little bit of an easier chance to get in the playoffs, and who's really going to have to bunker and hunker down to try and win their final two games to get into the playoffs. So here we go. Uh, week 17 matchups are, here we go, Atlanta in the Bills and this is a no-brainer, folks. Atlanta is trash, and the Bills are back, folks. Bills get the win over Atlanta this week. And with the win, they move to the third seed. So there's a lot of uh, – there is a chance for the Bills to get a little bit of a better – positioning and overall um, a little bit of an easier opponent because they are a higher seed just naturally. Maybe that obviously doesn't turn true, but just overall boilerplate. Higher seed faces a lower seed, so you get a little bit of an easier opponent. All right, then we get the Giants at the Bears and two bad teams. I uh, can't count on this Giants offense at all. I was pretty impressed with the Bears offense from last week. Matt Nagy kind of closing out the remainder two weeks of the season probably as a coach. Seems like they are going to move off of him next year. But overall, I think he's earned the right to close out the season given last week. Winning with Nick Foles, pretty solid there. So I'll say Chicago gets the win against the Giants. And with the Chicago Bears just winning, they cannot get into the playoffs just quite yet sorry Bears fans all right then we get the Chiefs at the Bengals and this is going to be a great game holy moly what do we even call this game the way that Joe Burrow played last week holy moly how great was that 525 yards but this Chiefs defense folks it's been absolutely smothering and we've seen this Bengals team be a little iffy yes they took it to the Ravens but remember when they faced the Chargers you know a couple weeks ago a little bit of a letdown performance and I believe they were at home for that game so I'm gonna give the win here to the Chiefs over the Bengals Bengals still say the four seed Chiefs are still the number one seed. Then we get the Raiders and the Colts in a real easy matchup here for the Colts. This Colts defense is obviously the real deal. Legit, legit, legit. In this Raiders team, there's nothing good about it. Derek Carr is not consistent in the back end of the season. He turns the ball over. Easy win for the Colts here. Colts stay the fifth seed with just a win alone. Now we get the Jaguars and the Patriots. Jaguars can't win to save their lives, literally. Trevor Lawrence on the one-yard line cannot win for his life, folks. Patriots, they come, they come back, they bounce back, they get the win. Patriots stay the sixth seed with just a win alone. Then we get the Bucks at the Jets. That's a no-brainer. Easy win for there for the Bucks. Bucks move up to the second seed. Now we get the Dolphins and the Titans. This is going to be a really great game here. It should be a close one. But at the end of the day, it's Ryan Tannehill. And what have we seen Ryan Tannehill do ever since Derrick Henry went down? Not able to single-handedly win them the game. Everything, Every game is close now. They're not blowing out any teams. And Ryan Tannehill is not getting it done in the clutch. Ian Book just got absolutely obliterated. And Ryan Tannehill hill uh, this is gonna be a tough defense for him to kind of face and i'm gonna give the win here to the dolphins on the road against the titans and with the win the dolphins stay the seventh seed all right, then we get the Eagles at Washington, folks. And y'all know I love this Eagles team. They're Super Bowl contenders. And Washington, I think, got a little exposed last week. I don't know if Taylor Heineke can kind of come back and get it done after that showing. Eagles claimed the playoff spot last week. I think they love the taste. The offense finally got going. They can get it done again here. I'm going to choose Washington over the or, – or, uh, I'm going to choose the Eagles over Washington. And with just the win alone, the Eagles climbed to the sixth seed. So over the last kind of two 
two weeks, they went from out of the playoffs to the seventh seed last week, and I think they can get to that sixth seed here this week. We'll see what happens with the 49ers. All right, then the next matchup up, we get the Rams at the Ravens. Now, both teams kind of, you know, need a win here. Obviously, the Rams want to win this game to show and prove, hey, obviously, first and foremost, that they can win out and that they can start beating some of these great teams. They just did it against the Cardinals. This Ravens team is overall pretty solid. I would kind of say a little bit of above average team, so it's still a good opponent for the Rams. And obviously, I'm going to say the Rams win this game. It's just that Ravens offense is super lackluster overall. Who knows what's going on with Lamar Jackson? Is he going to be healthy? And it's starting to seem like a lot of teams are starting to figure out the Ravens defensively, and not and, uh, and they are trash defensively as well, uh, missing all their players and letting Joe Burrow throw 500 yards on them. I think Matt Stafford can do a little resemblance of that as well. So I'm going to take the Rams winning this week over the Ravens. Ravens can't get back into the playoffs, unfortunately, this week. We'll see what happens in Week 18. All right, then we get the Broncos at the Chargers, and man, oh man, what's going to happen here? Chargers coming off a very big, embarrassing loss. Who's going to be the quarterback for the Broncos? I'm assuming Teddy Bridgewater should be out of concussion protocol by the week, uh, so that's going to give them their best opportunity to win this game, but we do believe that this Broncos team are playoff pretenders, folks, so we are going to go the Chargers, who we do believe are playoff contenders. Yes, a little bit of a hiccup left last week over the Texans. Now, was that them overlooking them? Uh, you know, we didn't overlook them because we, you know, we give Davis Mills his credit and we're going to watch him tomorrow to really show what he can do. Uh, but I'm going to give it to the Chargers here. Chargers win at home and with the Chargers win, they can't get into the playoffs. Um, uh, you know, because the Dolphins are winning. The Dolphins have the tiebreaker over the kind of everybody in that kind of nine win bubble, nine, eight win bubble with these wins. So Dolphins stay the 7C Chargers. They are needing the Dolphins to lose. Let's quickly change it here uh, to the Tennessee Titans beating the Dolphins. And we do get the Chargers at that 7 seed. So the Chargers can still get in the playoffs this week. They need a win and they need a Dolphins loss. All right, then we get the Texans at the 49ers. I like the Texans, and I like Davis Mills, and I like what David uh, Cully is doing here for the Texans. I think they're going to be solid next year. Not great. I don't think they're going to be trash. I think they'll be a solid team overall, but I don't think they win back-to-back -back games here against this 49ers defense, especially on the road. 49ers get the win, and the 49ers retake that sixth seed. Eagles stay the seventh seed here. All right, then we get the Cardinals at the Cowboys. Now, this is going to be a great game as well. Man, oh, man. Can this Cardinals team get back on track? I don't know. They've been skidding and skidding, and the offense has not been looking good. They desperately need DeAndre Hopkins back. But at the end of the day, it's this Cowboys walk of fame defense, folks. Kyler Murray, good luck. This is a true test here for the Cardinals. If they are contenders or pretenders, it's really all going to depend on this game. They must start being competitive against the upper-tier teams in the NFC. These last couple of weeks, they have not really been competitive in losing against teams that they need to start beating. We're talking about playoff teams that this Cardinals team cannot beat. So they've got to be competitive against the Cowboys this week. I'm going to choose the Cowboys to win it. And with the Cowboys win, they move up to the second seed, folks, in the NFC. Man, oh, man, that's great by them. 
All right, then in uh, the next matchup, we get the Panthers at the Saints. Two trash teams. You obviously know we're not taking the Panthers, folks. We, we've made it loud and clear how we feel about this Panthers team. It's absolutely trash. And before I forget, let's put this Panthers team in the trash category. We've been putting this off a little bit too too long here. Panthers are grade A trash. I mean, they are the worst of the worst. Should I put them in a different... I have to do I'm gonna have to do this folks I don't want to do this but I'm forced to do this I don't know what more maybe this could get it through your minds of never betting the Panthers again because we're gonna create a new category here of absolute dumpster like the vodka absolute this is absolute dumpster folks not the best vodka I would stay away from drinking this vodka but y'all love taking the points with the Panthers so y'all might love this absolute dumpster flavor vodka maybe y'all love it so this Panthers team is absolutely absolutely dumpster they are absolutely trash and they are in a category of their own of just how awful they are absolute dumpster the Panthers folks so obviously we're going to choose the Saints to win this game and with the Saints winning it changes nothing they are not in the playoffs folks um, did that kind of loss last night truly kick them out? What do we got uh, record-wise here for the Saints? They're currently at 7-8. and eight. With the win, they go 8-8. Eight and eight, And, uh, you know, they need nine wins for that seven seed at minimum. So the Saints are going to have to win out. And can they do that? They might be able to win this game against the Panthers. They also need a little bit of uh, help as well. We'll see what happens in Week 18. All right, next game up is the Lions and the Seahawks, and honestly, a little bit of a uh, little bit of a uh, little bit of a spoiler overall, since we're talking about matchups this week so far. Maybe, maybe it's a maybe, folks. It's a maybe if we're getting a lot of points with the Lions, just like we were getting a lot of points with the um, with the Texans last week. We may be able to take the Lions. I don't think we're gonna get that great of value, but that's something to keep in the back of our minds as we progress through this week and you know talk about the Lions and all that. I might kind of like the lines a little bit but I'm not sold on that so don't you know take that as my word we're not officially talking about spreads and all that yet folks we are just talking at the current moment so hold off on the lines and all that okay we're still thinking about it we're still in the thinking stage breaking down the last last week stage we're not ready to truly start going balls to the wall next week yet so don't hold me behold beholden on taking the lines this week folks okay I'm just pre-talking at the moment okay all right Lions Seahawks I'm gonna say the Seahawks win because they're at home they'll get the win but that doesn't change anything they are done in the playoffs as well it's the same thing with the Lions all right, then we get the Vikings and the Packers, and this is going to be a good game as well. Probably like, you know, the Vikings and the Rams last week. The Packers don't blow anybody out. The Vikings lose close. So another kind of pre-betting spoiler. If y'all have already looked at the lines, okay. Um, but, you know, if you're getting a lot of points with the Vikings, like more than one possession, I take that, folks. I think that's great value. I like the Packers to win, but we know this Vikings team can keep some games close here, like we just saw last week. Uh, so Vikings... Probably missing the playoffs here. Uh, they're seven and eight. They lose. They go to seven and nine, and they need nine wins to get in the playoffs. I think the Viking season is over this week, folks. Unfortunately. And then the last game of the week, the Browns at the Steelers. And we know the Steelers offense is one of the worst offenses in the league. And that reminds me, here we go. We got to put this Steelers tr team in the trash category. This team is absolutely garbage, folks. They're not absolute dumpster. And we're not going to create a, you know, a new category for all these differently kind of trash teams. So we're still going to put this Steelers team in the trash category. The offense is so garbage, folks. Big Ben needs to retire now. I would want Big Ben to retire now. Go with the 
backup quarterback. Maybe I, I wouldn't go with Mason Rudolph, but they would go with Mason Rudolph. I would go with Mason Rudolph to try, and we know he won't. There's a 0% chance. You get a 0% chance with Big Ben to get into the playoffs and a 0% chance with Mason Rudolph in the playoffs, but I still go with Mason Rudolph just to kind of get Big Ben out of the league so he can't even think about coming back next year because, no, 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 we're done. 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 I changed the code to the uh, to the facility. I hate to do it to Ben, but you're done. Please get out of our locker room. We gave you your courtesy one last year, and you kind of stuck it to us, uh, so you need to leave pronto. Done. After week 17, no, after week 18, no handshakes, no goodbyes. You're not even riding. And let's see, are the Steelers on the road in week 18? Steelers are on the road in week 18. So you bring your own, you hire your own private jet. I'm sure Big Ben's got the money to do that. You get your own private jet. You're not writing back to us. We'll mail you all your stuff. Please do not step foot in this facility until you are officially declared retired. And, uh, you know, you come back for, you know, photo ops and, you know, ceremonies and all that. That's when you can come back. You're not coming back when you could potentially still maybe play for us. Retire 100%. Get it certified, notified. I want Roger Goodell. I want you to sign your... Uh, Sign, sign your retirement in blood. Uh, maybe even cut off a leg to kind of truly commit. Like, hey, you're not coming back. And then you can come back into the Steelers facility. Do you understand, Big Ben? Yes? Okay, now we can all move forward. We're choosing the Browns to win this game, obviously. And the Browns can't get into the playoffs either because the Dolphins are blocking them at that ninth win at that seventh seed. So, after week 17, we don't see any changes here in the playoff picture. Everybody that was in the playoffs entering week 17 are still in the playoffs heading into week 18. And I don't think there's any movement. I'm not 100% of what, uh, I know we said it, I'm not 100% of what the, uh, the playoff picture was like heading into this week, week 17, but I don't think there's any movement here, and there's definitely no new teams moving in. So, uh, it's going to come down to week 18, folks. If you want to get into the playoffs, let's see who's going to get it done here in week 18. So, here we go. Week 18's matchups. Here we go. Saints at the Falcons. Now, I don't think there's any way for either of these teams to get in the playoffs at this moment, so it doesn't really matter. I'm going to choose the Saints to get it done because usually the Saints play their kind of division opponents really solid, a la Tom Brady. Can't get a win against the Saints as a buck. How crazy is that? Uh, so I think the Saints defense gets it done against the Falcons. Overall, it doesn't really matter. Uh, Falcons win, Saints win, it doesn't matter. But we will choose the Saints to win this week, week 18, final game of the season. And then Matt Ryan goes off and is no longer a Falcon, and we can all celebrate that, I think, a little bit. All right, then we get the Steelers at the Ravens. And once again, this Steelers team is absolute trash. Big Ben needs to retire, and Mason Rudolph should be playing this game. And if Mason Rudolph is playing this game, obviously we're going with the Ravens. Even if Big Ben's winning, playing in this game, obviously we go with the Ravens as well. But the Ravens don't get in the playoffs with just a win alone. Got to have the rest of the week to maybe even potentially get in the playoffs. Not looking good for them. Then we get the Jets at the Bills, and that's an easy win for the Bills. So the Bills lock up the division, and they could potentially get the two seed depending on what happens with the Titans. But the Bills will lock up that division and will lock up a one through four seed here, um, guaranteed, either the two or three seed. Alrighty, then we get the Bengals at the Browns, and this is going to be a good one as well. Truly what the Browns are made of. We're going to find out these next two weeks. Uh, Baker Mayfield, you better be competing like your job is on the line because you are on a contract year and your job is on the line here. 
But overall, I just cannot buy into Baker Mayfield. The clutch ability has never been there. The consistency has never been there. And even this season, Kevin Stefanski can't get that out of him. I think it's done for Baker. Bengals get the win on the road. And with that win, they lock up that division lead and they claim the fourth seed. All right, then we get the Packers at the Lions. Easy win here for the Packers. They keep that number one seed and will be the number one seed throughout the playoffs um, in the NFC. They'll be the number one seed overall, but you don't get home field in the Super Bowl because you're the number one overall seed here. But the Packers will once again have the Super Bowl run through Lam uh, Lambeau and... Um, we know what Aaron Rodgers does. He flounders. So this is truly going to be the year for Aaron Rodgers. I'm sick of giving him passes, but I'm giving him a pass because he's so gosh dang good at slinging the ball around. Uh, statistically, and this was so hard to talk about, you know, uh, Aaron Rodgers watching this man. It's beautiful to watch. But then when you look at his overall stats and his records and his wins and his overall lack of Super Bowl appearances, it's just so frustrating because I'm like, oh, he's so gosh dang good. If football was a one-person sport, just quarterbacking, Aaron Rodgers would absolutely be undisputedly the greatest quarterback of all time. Unfortunately, we need to see some wins. There's a Super Bowl to be won. There's a goal at the end of the year. And unfortunately, Aaron Rodgers comes up a little bit short compared to another quarterback that maybe you've heard of, Thomas Edward Brady. But maybe this year is different. So we're still giving... Um, Aaron Rodgers, the past that he can get it done. We'll still believe in him full force here, but you've got to get it done, especially at home. And if it's Tom Brady again, if it's Rodgers, Brady, NFC Championship, for the love of goodness, for the love of everything holy, Aaron Rodgers, you must make sure you win that game. I don't care what it takes for you to hunker down um, and not and just study film after film after film for 900 hours straight. I don't care what it takes. You must win win that game against Brady. We'll talk through playoff matchups on tomorrow's show uh, after we finish up the playoff machine in today's show. We'll talk through the playoffs on how we predicted it. We'll do that tomorrow and see if Aaron Rodgers can win the Super Bowl and get to the Super Bowl. All right, but here we go. Let's uh, keep going here with these Week 18 matchups. We get Titans at the Texans. And once again, I like the Texans, but I, overall, I think the Titans get it done here. Close uh, division game here to close out the season. Titans get the win. And with the Titans winning, they secure the two seed. So the Titans will secure the two seed. The Bills will secure the three seed. And the Bengals will secure the four seed, in our opinion, on how we see these final two weeks panning out. Then we get the Colts at the Jags. Easy win for the Colts here. They get the win. They keep that that fifth seed. Then we get the Patriots at the Dolphins. And this is where things could get crazy here. Patriots going into Miami. And we've seen Mac Jones kind of get locked up by good defenses. Now, this Patriots defense is a good defense, so it's truly going to come down to the wire here. But I got to just go with the home team at the end of the day. Both defenses will make this a close, low-scoring game. But Tua at home over rookie Mac Jones, that's where I see the edge. I give Miami Dolphins the win, and the Dolphins move up to the sixth seed. Patriots fall down to the seventh seed, and maybe a team can get into the playoffs 
playoffs here. Let's finish off these two, four, six, eight more meetings. We get the Bears at the Vikings. Nothing really to play for. We'll call it Vikings. We get Washington Giants. Nothing to really play for. We'll call it Washington. They don't get in the playoffs. Then we get the Cowboys and the Eagles. Should be a great matchup here. A real great test for the Eagles heading into the playoffs, but I'm going to give it to the Dallas Cowboys. Now, let's see. Do the Eagles keep that seven seed what they lost in week 18? They do so far. A couple more matchups to go, but the Eagles at 9-8 and eight are the seven seed so far, even losing against the Cowboys, even Washington beating the Giants. Then we get Carolina at the Bucks, and once again, this is absolute garbage, absolute dumpster. We choose the Bucks, and the Bucks get the two seed in the NFC. Cowboys get the three seed. Then we get the Seahawks at the Cardinals. We give that to the Cardinals. Cardinals stay the fifth seed. We get Chiefs at Broncos. That's a win for the Chiefs. They stay the one seed. Even if the Broncos win, they can't get into the playoffs here. Maybe the Chiefs take the day off, take the week off because they've already locked it all up heading into week 18. We saw them do that last season. They'll probably do it again. But even the Broncos winning, it doesn't change anything. So we'll still say the Chiefs win. Then we get the 49ers and the Rams, and this is going to be a great matchup as well. But I'm going to, get, going to give it to the Rams here for the home team. And wow, 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 49ers better hope they win because with the 49ers losing in Week 18 to the Rams, the 49ers fall out of the playoffs, and the Saints get the seventh seed. Eagles move up to the sixth seed. There's still hope for the Saints this, uh, this season, folks, to get into the playoffs. Last matchup, Chargers at the Raiders. I give it to the Chargers and the Chargers. Even with the Patriots losing, don't get into the playoffs. Let's see what happens if the Dolphins lose Week 18. The Chargers win Week 18. The Dolphins fall out of the playoffs and the Chargers get in. So this is a must win final two weeks for the Dolphins if the Chargers win out. So how we predict the playoff picture to look at the end of the season. In the AFC, Chiefs 1 seed, Titans 2 seed, Bills 3 seed, Bengals 4 seed, Colts 5th seed, Dolphins 6th seed, and the Patriots are the 7th seed. In the NFC, we get Packers the 1 seed, Cowboys the 2 seed, Rams the 3 seed, Bucks the 4 seed, Cardinals the 5th seed, Eagles the 6th seed, which I absolutely love, and the Saints actually get in at the seventh seed now it could change because the Rams would have already locked up division lead heading into week 18 so if the Rams rest everybody in the 49ers you know easy peasy game you know they can move up to this uh you know they can you know secure their sixth seed but also the Rams could move up to the third seed so a little bit of a better opponent and if we're just going on you know who you know we predicted the matchups to be if the Rams lost this game the Rams would face the Cardinals round one. If the Rams beat the 49ers, then the Rams face the Eagles uh, game one in the playoffs. Who would you rather face, the Eagles or the Cardinals? Uh, you know, I like the car, I like the Eagles, but I want to face them over the Cardinals because they still got that kind of explosibility in Arizona, and we still saw what they did kind of the first 10 weeks of the season, which was real gosh dang good. So... Uh, Rams may be playing week 18, even if they've already wrapped up the division lead because they can get a better playoff matchup. So that's how we see the playoffs looking. We'll play around with this a little bit more on tomorrow's show. When we have a little bit more time, we got to get out of here. And we will also predict the matchups here going through the playoffs picture, going through the matchups, and going all the way to the Super Bowl of who we believe the Super Bowl will be based on what we see. We'll also re-update it after week 17, after all those matchups have been played. And we'll do that same thing on week 18. 
So that is going to do it for us today, folks. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. We are back live tomorrow, noon Eastern, doing it all again here. A little bit of a film study show. We're not going to do a 100% film study. We are going to play around with the playoff predictor again and go through those matchups. But there are a couple of things I do want to watch. Joe Burrow's great performance. Um, maybe shout out the Cowboys defense. Shout out the Dolphins defense. Get some defenses up in here. So we'll watch a couple of uh, play, uh, a couple of um, film studies, and we'll do playoff walk through and we will do our NBA Daily 10 and anything else that comes up we will talk about so make a little bit of money tonight in the NBA one final time our favorite picks are 76ers minus 6.5 and, and look at y'all are betting this up damn 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 now Knicks minus 4.5 we've lost an entire point value folks how unfortunate alrighty we're back live tomorrow noon Eastern folks have a great one we will see